Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Look, you need a defender. Would you take Dolmeo if it was off? <laughs> <laughs> Romanian winger up for sale, Ragu. Would you be interested if Arsenal <laughs> Welcome back to TF3, where we're talking about transfers a little while, a little bit about news, and then obviously it's the international break, so we can talk about pretty much whatever we want. And we may have Adam Boltwood. Yes, AB, big AB, big abs in the building. Uh, halfway around the world, we'll talk to him in just a moment. But tonight, David O'Brien, welcome back. Thank you, Lawrence McKenna. Good David- intro, as always. And yeah, AB back, that is big. David Big Deals uh, O'Brien is what they call him. Uh, he brings in all the big deals, whether he's part of us or he's somewhere else. Uh, and of course, a guy who's always with us, always loyal, always there. Chris Hennage, welcome back. If you unmute. Good evening. Welcome. <laughs> I love it when people are stuck on mute. I love when people are on mute and then, and then they just casually play it off like, I was just leaving a little time. It's called a dramatic pause, Lawrence. It's called a dramatic mute. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, there's been a lot of deals in this transfer window. We've got so many to talk about. Let's just, should we just go through these guys? Um, As as everyone else is in the transfer window. Uh, Dramatic pause there, in case you missed it. That was a, yes. Although that is also just known as waiting for someone else to speak. Uh, First up, guys, uh, where do you want to start, Dave? I mean, you know, there, there are some big things going, Jesus, I should stop living on this motorway. Uh, there are some big deals going out. First up uh, on the last day of the window, big money deal. Chelsea bidding and agreeing a fee with PSG, Dave, to bring back David Luiz. This is the window of redemption for so many. Yeah, you know, returning to the club where he won so much. But again, it's, it's a weird one. I never really expected Conte to go and sign a defender that wasn't a, a natural defender. You know, think of the players that he had at Juventus. You've got the likes of Chiellini, Barzagli and Benuccio are three of the best defenders in world football. But an interesting one, you know, if he'd done this earlier on, potentially Chelsea could have moved to a 3-5-2. You know, something that I feel they should they should really move to, two up front, which makes massive sense. We've seen Bashuai and uh, Diego Costa look very good together. So yeah, it's a, it's a good signing for me, but a, a signing that needs the right, I don't know, redemption in a way. It needs to come back flying and, and really dominate the first few weeks of the Premier League here. Um, you know, look, saying, you know, look, I've been to PSG, I've learned a lot of Thiago Silva, and now I've been improved as a defender. Dramatic pause. Um, obviously, though, Chris, what I find quite unusual is that this last day of the window, 
there is always mm-hmm. so much business. Why, why is that though? There's so much business. I was, I was thinking about this today. I think the, the prominent narrative is that people are underprepared and all that kind of idea that, you know, it's, it's teams rushing to push something forward. I think a lot of it is, it's, it's a case of maybe players that were expected to be elsewhere still haven't found a club. So a decent example is Jason Deniar, who there was a lot of uncertainty. Was he going to stay at City and be afforded time under Guardiola? Was he going to be loaned maybe abroad as he was last season? Was he going to be handed to a, a club maybe in the top half around that part of the, the, the Premier League? And ultimately, he didn't get anything. So then Sunderland swoop in with a few hours to go sign him on on loan. I think it is they've they've done the deal as. Um, and so I think a, a lot of it is just opportunism. I, I don't think all of it is panic buying or, or contingency deals, as, as people say. I think a, a good portion of it is is clubs exploiting situations that maybe they didn't think would be available three weeks ago it is a lot of people and, and especially with these sort of transfers it is a lot of people almost writing their own narrative with it if you like um, and that's what mm. I found interesting Chris about Liverpool's transfer window Liverpool still haven't signed a left back um, which most people find really unusual considering that there are a plethora of left backs available and what's unusual <coughs> especially in the analysis is that there's a lot of people sort of saying um you know, Klopp's had the longest preseason, blah, 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 and everyone's sort of talking about that. But that's actually not true if you think about it, because he's had time to assess the players like any manager would. And he's had his grace period, which was last season. And <laughs> now he's signed a few players, not not a, a lot. You know, he's put in Matip, Karius, um, Grijic, uh, Mane. But then he's had to loan a lot of guys out. And essentially, mm-hmm. the people are saying things like, oh, well, Liverpool will kick on this season. Is that necessarily true after Liverpool's uh, transfer window? Because what I see is also a club where the original momentum that was carried with Klopp, which was, oh, my God, he's not Brendan Rodgers. Oh, my God, he's going to take us back to the promised land, is sort of beginning to be questioned. So timing at Liverpool is everything. And the timing of this window, actually, you could argue either way, has been good or bad for Liverpool. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminded of the 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 line in, in Jurassic Park. Uh, Run. In which, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clever girl. Uh, uh, try again. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's the one way he goes, you know, you, you spend so long working out whether you could do something, you never asked yourself whether you should do it. Um, I, I think it, it would have been quite easy for Liverpool to go and sign a full-back. Damn uh, oh, Ricardo Rodriguez is the one that jumps out to me. I think Davis even said he would be the perfect fit, and I'm inclined to take his expert opinion on that. Um, I think he's trying to at least give players an opportunity, though. Um, and it's about I coaching, think, really. With I mean, Klopp has said his, yeah. his philosophy is coaching, and that's what is interesting in the transfer window. Is everyone? It's funny we don't do a. Uh, I mean, this is something that I'm probably going to put a little see after. We don't do like a, a coaching window sort of uh, coverage, do we? Don't, we don't sort of get weekly updates on how differently coached a player looks. No, I mean, this is the, the thing. I remember Raphael Honigstein making this point once that England is the league where every club solves its problems with money in the top flight, whereas other teams in other countries and I think he cited Germany being a prime example they try to coach through their issues yeah. and I sense that is a little bit of what 
uh, Klopp is is trying to do. I think he's trying to coach through some of the problems because I, I think it, it does make you a better coach ultimately if you can work with pieces that aren't tailor-made, that aren't perfect in that sense, that maybe have edges to be to be buffered out. Um, I don't think Alberto Moreno is a terrible player. I think he has deficiencies, of course. I also can think of players who've had a, a more surprising turnaround than him. So I, I don't think it's impossible that he works through those issues. And let's say it gets to, to next summer in the same position. They've had a year to, to work with the players that have come in. And then they can potentially go and get that left back. I think it, it's just an element of patience, which in a funny way I kind of admire because actually... I, this whole transfer window and everything has felt like a, a huge... Uh, test of your patience? Test of... No, no not even test. Sort of just a, a huge example of the need for instant gratification and, and wanting something now and just going out and buying it rather than seeing if it can be produced in-house. But isn't that funny, though, Dave? I mean, to completely contrast that... Jesus, I mean, is this guy taking a round trip of a test ride on a motorbike? Um, it, yeah, turns out he is. Um, the, the complete opposite, though, is painted narrative-wise, Dave, with uh, with Pep Guardiola. And you know what? There's a lot of sympathy for Guardiola because it's like, well, you know, he doesn't have the time to be able to coach this out of Joe Hart. Joe Hart needed to go to Torino. You know, Mangala's gone off. Uh, a couple of other players loaned out to Italy as well. And there's... It, it totally depends on how well, how good the manager is at, or, or how good the manager is at uh, making an image for himself and therefore an image for his plan and the club. Yeah, I think it is. It's, it's that whole idea of, you know, like the presidential election in the US, how Donald Trump paints, his, paints a picture to most US people as, a, as an angel, as someone that's a, a lovely chap that just wants the best for them, but ultimately he just wants money. And uh, it's interesting that that comparison between um, Klopp and Guardiola. Klopp is seen as this top coach, but then you look at the players that, um, sorry, Guardiola is seen as this top coach that does really push players to the next level. And yes, he does, which does give him more time. But Klopp's also done some pretty decent stuff over time. You know, Gertz, uh, Sahin, Lewandowski, uh, Blachikovsky, Marco Royce, all these players that have massively Kagawa. improved Kagawa under Klopp. So, it's definitely an interesting Almost. one. It is definitely quite funny in terms of the whole Klopp seeing this option of either being Moreno or James Milner that require a lot of coaching in, in the position of left-back, especially in a defensive sense. And then Guardiola is just throwing Joe Hart out to Italy to a Torino side that could be quite interesting this year. Um, Mihailovic is, is the current manager and we all know much amount of, of a, you know, how much of a nutter he is. Mm. But they've got, they've got some decent players in their squad. I didn't realise... Um, Yaich has moved there from Inter Milan. I made that mistake on on um, the Football Republic and got absolutely assassinated. I apologise for everyone because that was my mistake. Um, but uh, this is not a front apology, who's, mate. Uh, a young Italian striker has started the season pretty well. Scored a hat trick in the in the first game. So so watch out for him if you're going to see Joe Hart's uh, tries and tribulations over in Italy. But there's a few players in there like uh, Falcare, who's a pretty decent Italian player. Zap De Costa. So there's a number of good players in that squad. So expect them to maybe overperform this season because Mihailovic seems to have a level in Italian coaches around like the mid-table teams and he seems to just get so much out of their players. Mm, good point. Uh, but though, Chris, you know, Torino obviously sort of shows... It's interesting. Joe, that Joe Hart's gone to Torino is fascinating. 
Mm. Well, he talked to Mika Richards about it, about yeah. the idea of gone because Mika Richards obviously went to Fiorentina. Yeah, and which went so well. Well, this is you know this is the funny thing. He he didn't get signed on. He didn't stay. He came back. But actually, Richards reflects on it very positively yeah. and says that he learned a lot about the game from a tactical sense. And you could argue that there is a, a positive and a negative to him going there because the positive is actually Italy will celebrate the things that we consider great about Joe Hart, shot stopping and and the very fundamentals of being a goalkeeper. Yet in pushing himself <coughs> excuse me, into a league like that, he's arguably not working on the deficiencies that have cost him his place at City. So it's, it's, it all depends, I think, from which angle you stand at it. I personally, I kind of admire it. I think, you know, this is the thing we, we theorize what we would do if we were professional players. And I think I can speak for all of us here. We'd all try a move abroad if the opportunity came and, you know, the money was okay and, and all that kind of stuff. So in, I think in the same nice way that maybe Jolene Lascott has in this window. You know? Well, that's yeah. I mean, that's you know the funny thing with Lescott is he turned down Rangers and <laughs> because, and because he didn't want to uproot his family. family. <laughs> that was the and then and then ended up in Greece. Yeah. Um, not the musical, my ad. Um, Jesus, now that would be but, a casting. But you know, I mean, he's a very different case. I think he's a little bit like Ashley Cole in that sense. He, he is going abroad. I would argue too late. Um, it it is an it is a risk. Of course, it's a risk. I think <clears throat> one way in which the country could almost help these English players that go abroad is to not be so damning in criticism when they don't have that instant success and you know that instant return on the the decision. It's it seems like we're almost desperate for them to kind of struggle. If it's not Ravel Morrison, it's it's Ashley Cole or. You know, whomever Gaza way back when. It's that idea of we don't seem to give them enough support. It, it, again, it, it's it's very difficult to to have a well-rounded picture on this. But from my interactions and such like with with foreign media who come to cover their players here in England, they just seem a lot more supportive. I'm I'm not absolving these players at, of every mistake time, they made. At times, to an unreasonable degree, but at times you can definitely tell of that. Of course, happens. I mean. Yeah, you know, there's, there's countries like Japan. I remember Rio Miyachi when he was at Arsenal. There was a, a group of Japanese journalists. Miyachi wasn't even in the squad, might I add, just to give context to this. And yet they asked Arsene Wenger how he was doing and would he be playing soon. So, yes, there is a, you know, an, an almost sickening level from, from some aspects. But it, it would be nice to celebrate it in a way that feels genuine. It would be nice to kind of actually talk to players about this and and see what they take away from it and see why they're motivated to do it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And uh, Dave, I mean, a very interesting side to that is obviously the treatment of Jack Wilshire, um, and he's off to Bournemouth, giving Bournemouth another dimension in midfield, and also possibly sort of will be interesting to see how Jack copes outside of Arsenal, outside of Arsenal, because he's an Arsenal boy. You know, he's Arsenal's property essentially, isn't he? And Arsenal will be so interested to see what he does at Bournemouth. What, what do you think he will do? Yeah, I think it'll be good. You know, I've, I've blasted on the last few weeks how I feel Bournemouth's midfield is, is too samey-samey. It's all of the same player. Uh, someone that's just going to recycle the ball and move it on. No one's going to destroy. No one's going to create. Now they've got a creator. Now they've, they've solved one of those problems. So if you can play two functional players behind Jack Wilshire or 
to the left or and right of Jack Wilshire. You know, Jack Wilshire could really thrive in this um, Eddie Howe system. And if there's, you know, a signing that could really up the level of, of Bournemouth, it's Jack Wilshire. You know, he's a, he's still 24 years old. It's something crazy that we've we've not even thought about. The issue with Jack Wilshire, obviously, is his is injury record. In the last five Premier League seasons, he's only played 28 full games out of a possible 190 games. So that's pretty crazy. Um, but I kind of feel like what, what Chris mentioned about um, maybe Joe Hart moving to Italy too late. Wilshire should have moved to Italy. There was interest there from Roma. I would have liked to see him at Juventus. Um, I feel he would have fit in quite well there. Could have learned a lot. But Roma could have been a really good opportunity for him. Um, you know, Spalletti as manager would have taught him so much tactically. That's something that Joe Hart lacks is a tactical brain. And Spalletti would have taught him, you know, in this system, you need to play in this position. You need to be making this run. You need to be closing down this opponent. You know, Roma last season, they played a 4-3-3. They played a 4-3-3 with a false nine. They played a 3-5-2. They played a 3-4-3. They played everything. So the midfielders had to be functional. Tactically, they had to be very, very flexible. The attackers had to do the same. So that could have been brilliant for Jack Wilshire to understand football. As Mika Richards did say, yeah, Italy's a tactical game. But you need that in your game. If you want to be a top, top player like we expect Jack Wilshire to one day be at that level of uh, one of the top European midfielders, he needs to learn. And I feel like he will learn under Eddie Howe, but it's not out of his comfort zone. You know, Bournemouth is, what, um, two hours on the train to, to uh, London in a car, probably less. So I feel like he should have like t- taken himself out of the, you know, maybe the London crew that potentially he's been mixing with that allegedly could have done some bad stuff with. Maybe it would have been time to break away and break free. I do, 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 do. Right. I want to break free. Chelsea close, obviously, the deal with Marcus Alonso and Fiorentina for 20.5 million, Chris. Now, I will remind you, there was also Mikel Alonso, who signed for uh, Bolton just a few seasons ago. Uh, This is not the same guy. He's not related in any way. And Dave wants to make this very clear on the podcast to Xabi Alonso. And also, I want to reiterate, this man is not related to Xabi Alonso. (laughs) Um, Not at all. Not at all. Different surname. Different bone structure. Different way to carry himself. Different demeanor. He has has a long-standing history with Real Madrid, though. Marcus yeah. Alonso. Yes. Uh, we'll his, go far, on, his father and his, his grandfather played for them um, as well. So there's there's a nice kind of family lineage there. They've also signed David Luiz. Um, is that confirmed? Who is, is returning. Yes, it is confirmed. Because, uh, is it confirmed because he's been... Oh, yeah, obviously he's changed all his social media, hasn't he? He has, which is a very very modern way to announce that you've, you've it, transferred it, to it, us. Transfer back, but also a very modern way uh, in the sense that he also changed... Uh, he's clearly photoshopped his head onto other, someone else's body. Mm. Um, I mean, at least it's not Kurt Zoomers. That would have been awkward. Um, Although funny. I th- yeah. yeah. That's, that's had a bit of humour to the whole proceedings. I think what you can... <coughs> excuse me. I think Talk to me about Alonso, about, though. Well, I was going to say about the Louise deal. I think it shows the lack of quality defenders in the market, first and foremost, and yeah. how much they've struggled to get Conte's first, second, maybe even third choice. And you could argue that Alonso almost fits into that same category, that there aren't a wealth of quality left-backs. Um, I don't think he's so th- that's player. where he's going to play, exclusively in that sense. I, th- I think he could play left-wing back as well. Um, yep. I saw him play both when he was at Sunderland. And he is a very cultured player. Did, did you um, see the same qualities that you think 20.5 million sees in... No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no, no. Um, I, think I, I remember where... thinking at the time and writing at the time 
that he was a player they should definitely try and sign and that actually he, he's much better he is a much better player than a relegation battle but not in uh, in anything did I even consider that he would make this kind of move interesting Dave you were going to say with, with him yeah he, he really evolved at Fiorentina um, you know he was brought there as a relatively uh, you know an unknown player um, someone that you know in quotation marks failed in the Premier League uh, but with uh, Montella, he really evolved as a player. Montella, you know, playing a, a nice style of football, a very uh, you know possession-based uh, team. They were Fiorentina over the last few seasons was seen as the sort of Italian Barcelona away, Boja, uh, Boja Valero, um, you know, controlling things and having players like Ilicic um, off the striker and so forth. Very, very fluid. But Alonso, every time I watched Fiorentina, it was so impressive getting down that left-hand flank and tactically flexible where they played a back four and he was you know, in a 4-3-3 where he'd get forward and overlap the, um, the inside forwards or even in a 3-5-2, you know, playing as that wing back or even in a 3-4-3 again as a wing back. Always very, very impressive going forward. Very, very um, decent defensively. Didn't look like out of place on the ball either. So I'm, I'm quite impressed with this signing. I've always thought that he has the quality to make the step up and you've got to watch out for him from free kicks. Um, scored a few free kicks when I've seen Fiorentina that have been pretty decent so you know it could be a very very good option for your fantasy team you know scores free kicks uh, can take set pieces and of course Chelsea are going to have a pretty decent defensive record under Conte that's three really good set piece takers uh, there at Chelsea Willian when he's on form David Luiz loves a long free kick and now uh, Alonso and obviously Mikel Alonso he's not at Chelsea uh, Kristen was telling me earlier and just a quick update on Alonso um, he's at Real Union which means Royal Union in Spanish. Um, let's move on to... Actually, uh, Chris Arbeloa signed for West Ham because he was a free agent, wasn't he? He was. Uh, he was linked with the reunion uh, with Rafa Benitez during the summer. Which would actually was, have been lovely. Uh, yeah, that was quickly poo-pooed. I actually watched his, his debut for Liverpool. I was there when he, he made his debut. He, uh, was it a decent debut? It was it was okay. I mean, they lost the game. It was a rain sort. I think I remember that. Yeah, um, Aguchi Onyewu was playing. Was that the opening well. game of the season? One of them. I don't think so. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know with certainty. I feel like it was maybe in January or something. Oh, I feel like it was signed mid-season. It felt uh, like a bit. It felt like a big signing for me because he was. It, <clears> you know what? He had quite an auspicious. Uh, he quite an auspicious record, and obviously went on at Real Madrid to win. You know, multiple things. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. He, he's had a cracking career in that sense if it ends tomorrow. Um, Which in many so, ways it probably has. So, yeah, the, the West Ham situation is a, is a curious one because obviously they've crashed out of Europe, but there seems to be a lot of fan unrest there. I think Pye's absence has unsettled a lot of fans, actually, and caused a lot of frustration there. Um because I think they're concerned about losing him, which I can understand. He's a fantastic player. You could argue he's the best player they've had post-millennium. I can't think of many better post-millennium that they've had than Dimitri Paye. Good point. Um, and I think in, in some regards, they've almost fallen into the trap that, some, that a lot of teams do. When you get a player of that quality, you almost neglect those around him and you put so much effort in just building people who can maybe... Sh- share his workload from a defensive end or something like that just so that one creator in this case Payet has the freedom to play mm, good point so when he's absent it means he kind of 
passing the creek without a paddle, as they say. Uh, because if Pyatt goes, apparently Bilic goes too. I can believe that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but, I mean, it's, been, it's interesting, isn't it, Chris? Because obviously uh, West Ham in this window, it, it, the main goal was to keep hold of him. Mm. And, they, and they essentially they have. I mean, it, it doesn't look like he will leave. Yeah, it, I'd be amazed if he goes now. Um, so, yeah, they've achieved that goal. I, my curiosity is who comes in from at this point, though. Let's, let's, let's go back to the summer and let's theorise. I don't think PSG are interested. I don't think Real Madrid are interested. Those are the clubs that I see West Ham fans talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's good enough for either of them. I also don't think he has any interest in joining those clubs because he knows himself. He's not going to be yep. the kind of player, or given the kind of role that he is at West Ham. That's that's the other thing, and, and you know this is such a funny kind of situation to be in. I think Rory Smith wrote something similar about this relating to player wages, and he coined quite a beautiful phrase about being trapped in the golden cage of the Premier League. I think for for some players they have that self awareness that they aren't trapped in that cage because they appreciate that for Pye somewhere like West Ham. There's a chance maybe he moves up in the Premier League, but as long as he's at West Ham, he'll have a great situation. He'll be trusted, be given responsibility, allowed to dictate the attack. That's a, a very fun role to have, and it's mm. playing in the Olympic Stadium, it's living in London. I can think of far worse places to earn a living playing football. And that's a very good point, actually. Uh, Dave, moving on with that, is uh, two strikers, obviously, and looking overall at the window for Alan Pardew and Palace, who are obviously in the golden cage of the Premier League. It's it's a pretty fascinating window, really, because they've signed two strikers that, if, if they potentially blow up, then, the, 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 you know, Palace will surge. But the rest of the side isn't really geared very well towards that, because they've lost, lost Balassi, they don't look very structured. Defensively, they look a little frail. And they've got some nice balance, though, now. Before, they, they didn't really have any... Anyone to play off, and we know Apardu doesn't like to play it long. He's not very, you know, he doesn't have a very attractive style of football. Plays it quite direct. With someone like um, Benteke, that's that's absolutely perfect. That's the perfect way to play with him. That is the best way you should play. Be playing with him. Um, it didn't work out at Liverpool for uh, reasons I don't really understand. You know, for me, it seemed like the perfect player for Jurgen Klopp, a manager that likes to go direct. He's got a little bit shorter since he's um, moved to. Liverpool, not not in a in a height sense, but in in how they how fast they play the ball. But if you look at the players that you could flank, um, those two. Say if you do go with Remy and Benteke up front, which I don't know that will happen every single week, but it could happen. You've got players like Zaha and Townsend that potentially aren't the best players in the world, but they're all about like getting the amount of ball that they put in. They're not like um, you know they're going to pick a pass like Mesut. They're not going to pick a cross like Mesut. You know him coming in from the right hand side onto his left foot. Wonderful, a number of wonderful assists last season from that. It's going to be more like the volume. The amount that Townsend comes on, onto his left foot on that right-hand side, eventually Benteke, it will land at Benteke's feet or eventually it might bundle through to, to Remy. Similarly to Zaha, the amount of times he takes people on, he does beat them, but then he does, his final ball isn't good enough. But if he can beat um, a man X amount of times a game and then just drill across a uh, ball across, if they're playing two up front, more than likely to go in. So I feel like these two signings are, uh, have uh, put Palace into a far better position because for me it's similar to Bournemouth before the window ended were relegation uh, candidates Gents can I interject for a second absolutely Musa Sissoko having agreed to fee with Everton is on his way to Spurs refused to take them did not 
board the private jet that they <gasps> organized for him and he is now signing for Tottenham on a five-year deal it looks like for 30 million pounds well this is awkward <laughs> wow wow I mean I suppose Absolutely. there's no other way I mean look I've to, to get very um, kind of opinionated for a second I've followed this guy for for a, a decent while quite closely because he's been at my club. I knew he had a questionable attitude and personality. <laughs> even I didn't predict this. That is beyond unprofessional. Not to even have the decency to ring Everton and say, look, Tottenham have put in an offer. I'd rather go there. That is, I'm, I'm genuinely lost for words. You would sort of begin I, to question the kind of player you're signing at that point. Massively. And I mean, in fairness, if this is if one thing has come out of this, the the usually shrewd Daniel Levy, I think, has has personally overpaid. That's unusual, isn't it? He, they must see something in him that they see as thirty million worth, right? Possibly. I mean, he got. I was looking at his numbers before. He got seven assists last season, which I can't remember all them. Um, I get a feeling a lot of them were towards the end of the season when things were done and Newcastle were down. The the thing with him is, when he is committed to the situation, he is a good player. I think if you analyse him away from his personality and character, technically I would say he's just above average, just. He's not very good in tight spaces. I don't think he's someone that can play his way out of trouble. Yet, as a player that you would have in your squad for an away game, he is almost perfect. There was a no, there's a fair few times I can think of away games in which Newcastle have benefited massively from the fact that Musa Soko was on the pitch and that he could stretch the pitch with his running because he he does have a fantastic engine. So you think that's the the role he'll end up playing essentially? Uh, I think so. I think his biggest benefit will. Uh, I think his biggest benefit for them will come away from home I mean this is the thing they've got more competitions to deal with as well so yeah yeah I mean it's depth isn't it for, for Spurs I think the, the interesting part about Suzoko is that what Spurs have, have missed this season has been Moussa Dembele Moussa Dembele got that silly silly red card in the game where Spurs capitulated and arguably ended their title, title cost by, by bottling it in a way you know, professionally, it all went out the window and he poked, um, who was it, Costa in the eye. And it has cost Spurs victories and it's cost Harry Kane goals. Really interesting stat um, with Harry Kane that he, I don't think he's scored in August yet, firstly. Um, but then on the other side of that, there's a ridiculous um, stat with, uh, with Moussa Dembele starting. So when Harry Kane has scored, uh, sorry, Harry Kane has scored 24 goals in 27 games with Moussa Dembele, sorry, starting. And one in 12 without him starting which is pretty insane. That's mm. incredible numbers. So he just doesn't score when Dembele isn't playing. Whether that's not just to do with Dembele, that's to do with how the team reacts. You know, Dembele in midfield, very good at getting out of the press, very good at dribbling past the man and injecting a bit of pace into the attack, then getting the ball forward to the likes of Dele Alli, Harry Kane and, and Christian Eriksen, obviously uh, playing different roles in that system if the ball got to them, but arguably equally as good as each other and you know, Spurs going on to counter-attack and breaking scoring goals. The thing with Suzoko is that he's one of the only type players in the Premier League that has um, Dembele-type stats, you know, take, takes players on, 
um, tackles, um, you know, can shoot, can drive through midfield. So it's quite an interesting deal that this could be the Dembele cover that Spurs have been crying out for for, you know, the last two seasons, in a way. Chris, uh, what do you think of, uh, of Bournemouth's window? Bournemouth, quite a fascinating club in that they've got they've quite a few outs, essentially of quite a few of the, uh, in inverted commas, uh, experienced players and quite a few ins of youth. You know, Lewis Cook, Jordan I, Brad Smith, Mark Wilson, Jack Wilshire. Yeah, uh, I think I get the feeling they've bought with the slight concern that if they go down, they have players that can stay with them. Yes. Because the thing is, if if you do go down, one of, at least when I remember when I was growing up, one of the big questions when they, whenever any team went down after the spell in the Premier League was, who will they lose? The best example is probably Leeds in it, all four. It was the Everyone. idea that this will literally be a fire sale. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, and if I remember correctly, pretty much everyone from that team did leave. To the point where they were, they signed a number of players that summer. Um, for some reason, Julian Georgian is one I always remember. The guy yes. free transfer. God, he really was. Um, a, yeah, that was because he was a character. So I think the likes of Cook, uh, Emerson Hindman, people like that. It's players that actually are quite comfortable in the Championship. So if they do go down, there's not a wholesale change, and they have a, an air of stability to them. So they can theoretically challenge to come back up and yet in the same breath I would say these are also players that have at times displayed the potential to play in the top flight yet not been able to harness the consistency required to do it so they've taken a a, a very calculated risk in that sense in the signings they've made and I think actually it's it's quite shrewd business I, I quite admire it I think if if I was a fan of Bournemouth, I wouldn't be too disappointed with the, the business that we've done. Good point. Uh, Dave, obviously, uh, there, there are some interesting little deals going on elsewhere as well. Bonnie to Stoke. It's a good move, very good move. Stoke have been lacking a striker since Mark Hughes pretty much took over. Um, you know, he got rid of the old guard, the likes of um, you know, Crouch getting pushed back further down the pecking order and him you know, going for players like Bojan up front to update this Stoke style. But Bonnie at that level, is is a very, very good player. Get the ball into his feet um, and let players run past him, let players run off him, but also let him get his head up and get turned and get shots away. You know, he's a very um, physical, technical forward. So, you know, it's a very good signing for any Premier League club that isn't the top four, in my personal opinion. Mm. Uh, Dave, while we're with you, what about Manchester United's loans to Hull? That's, I think they're, they're both um, sales there, but yeah, Are very good moves there. I think their sales, I think it's gone through. Oh, wow. Will, so... Will Keane gone through first. You know, Will Keane was the last striker that I saw um, going through the Manchester United reserve uh, team. That was when I was living in Manchester. I, I thought he was an excellent player at that level. He, his touch was really good. Very good finisher. Got um, in behind quite well. I, I'd arguably say that he was up there with Giuseppe Rossi um, and Lee Martin, the two legends of the reserve team in my era. Um, in terms of goals, but yeah, he was a very. I quite liked him. Very good player, technically very, very sound. Very good at holding up the ball. He had it all really. But injuries have cost him a Man United career. Um, going to Hull for me is a perfect move for Will. If Will Keane can play week in, week out, um, and, and stay fit, I think that's a big thing. Similar to Jack Wilson, he just needs game time and, and whatever. And Mike Phelan's the perfect man for him. Um, and also James Weir, you know, another player that's hasn't quite made it United, but is is a very good player. Uh, will do a job for you. 
um, on the left-hand side. So, yeah, it's it's two signings that I quite like. And, again, you know, you look at the amount of United players that have come through the academy and have made um, starting teams in the Premier League. There's a lot of them. So, yeah, I think they'll be two very good signings for, for Hull. I think they're better than the signings of um, McNair and Donald Love and Sunderland made earlier on. So, yeah, yes. thumbs up to Hull. Definitely different. Um, Chris, talk to me a little bit about Everton because they're a really fascinating transfer window, aren't they? Uh, obviously, Koeman comes in. The two big, three big name signings, I argue, were Balassi, Ashley Williams, and uh, wait, there was someone else in there. Wait, I can't see him. Uh, sure, name someone else. Uh, but uh, Guy, Stecklenburg. Uh, but it's, it's been quite an interesting window for them, hasn't it? It has. I think, you know, the, the, the early talk of them was the investment and what that meant for the club and the idea that they were shedding the old of, of Bill Kenwright and the unfortunate frugality that came with him. As much as he loved the club, he, there was nothing more he could do. You know and, what? He actually did a good job of holding out for the right buyer for the club. Mm, he did. It, it, by no means am I criticising him. I think no, no. he did a fantastic job. Um, and yet, I think w- with this new owner, I think the expectation was they would go out and invest heavily. I think £100 million was the the figure that was bandied about quite early on. Well, that's roughly correct I, at this point, isn't it? Well, I, I don't think so. So it's, what, 27 for Balassi, maybe a million or so for Stekellenberg, seven for Gay, 10 for Williams. It's still, you would argue, 30 million short, which is fitting considering that's it, roughly it, how much... It would have been Sissoko for 30 million, obviously. And see, but then that's the thing that goes back to what we are talking about at the top of the, the show about... Uh, contingency plans everything about the Sissoko deal feels like a contingency plan because let's be honest no one was sniffing around him for a long time Spurs came at the last minute to try and get a sort of cheap cut price deal Newcastle weren't interested then Everton come in then that forces Tottenham's hand so it's again there's you've got to think surely there was other players that you, you could have brought in potentially um and and yet saying that I'm not massively sure who you bring in. You know, if, if if you give me that 30 million, where does it go? I guess a right winger would be a, a decent investment. Um, and yet they've got De La Feo who can play there. So <clears throat> it's it's a lot of money to spend on one player. And you think, well, where does it go? Maybe it goes in, in central midfield. I'm not sure. There's, there's no, to me at least, there is no glaring uh, problem in the, the Everton squad, bar maybe centre-back. But even then, I think they've got quality for the, the starting 11 if nothing else just think this Everton team they've, they've signed all these players in the window uh, and I'd put it that they're very basic Barry signings in a way oh, let me just explain oh, no. it so obviously Lawrence is going to lose his shit now because I've used a, a double barreled <laughs> two names starting with the same letter but you know Jesse Guy right okay decent player I'm a big fan of a Jesse Guy I think he turns over the ball well but is he going to get you into the Champions League no Thanks right then you move on to Stecklenburg, um, who was pretty dodgy for Southampton when he was in goal for them last season. He's Harry Yannick, Hands, though, isn't he? Come on, Dave. Yeah, Yannick Balassi, a very good player, but will he take you to the Champions League? No. He's Willie Wings. Uh, Ashley Williams, will he take you to the Champions League? Don't need no. defence. And, and if this is where Everton want to do, and if it's where Everton want to transition from coming um, top eight, or like, you know, eighth to tenth to fourth to, f- to fifth that, that they haven't made the signings for me and now they've got a, such an unbalanced squad again I think they've got a massive weakness to centre-back um, Holgate's come in a left-back and play, play pretty well in the back three 
Um, but that isn't going to be all season. Williams and Jagielka lack so much pace. I just think that they, they're just lacking something for me. They really are. And again, I don't think they're going to achieve as well as they should do. You know, look at the amount of like wingers they've got. There's too many. Who's, who's going to be the starting winger? Um, you know, Balassi Morellas, Aaron Lennon, Ross Barkley, Delafeo. There's so many players there and, and not enough places. So I, I, I worry for Everton and I worry for Koeman. I'm, I'm sure they appreciate that worry. Um, Chris, what about Arsenal? I mean, you know, we, we've, we've not brushed, we brushed upon some of the other big clubs so far. Two really key signings for them have been Mustafi and Lucas. Perez. Yeah, <clears throat> it's hard to, to truly decipher whether those were signings to appease the teams. I, I know yeah. Arsenal fans have been quite adamant that Perez wasn't a, uh, you know, what's the word, panic buy. It's, it's difficult. If you keep shouting it, it's not a panic buy. <laughs> Do you think it looks realistic? The, the difficulty I have is there are enough well-placed people who said that, <clears throat> excuse me, Arsenal looked at him earlier in the summer and decided not to move at that point. That makes me think, OK, it's, it's a contingency plan, but then, you, you know, that just sounds like a different word for what he's saying. I mean, Chris, is it also important that, that, you know, I mean, first of all, he had one of the most depressing reveal shoots we've ever seen. Him sitting on a yeah, ball, it, a really depressing-looking shoot for a football player. He looks like some sort yeah. of lost boy who signed for the club. <clears throat> um, uh, but yeah. do you not also think that it's partly about sort of cutting some of the Arsenal fat? Essentially, Mikel Arteta, Rizicki, Flamini, um, mm. you know, Chesney, Campbell has gone out on loan. I'm not calling him fat, but um, you know, uh, Serge Nabry has gone off to I think Germany as a Villa Bremen. Uh, yeah, and then obviously Callum Chambers as well. So you know, there's there's a number of people out there who have. We well, yeah, we'll see. There's been some trimming, definitely. Yeah. I think. <clears throat> see, that's the thing. I think if you asked Arsenal fans, they they might argue there needs to be more. So there needs to be the likes of Walcott, uh, maybe Chamberlain in there. Players who, to be honest, whenever I watch. Arsenal fans, and that tends to be how I kind of gain the Arsenal perspective, rightly or wrongly. They so often talk about Walcott. He seems to me to be the kind of effigy of mediocrity for that that football club. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the thing I think as well is that for so long during that period of, of Arsene Wenger and, and Arsenal in the early days, they they fought alongside Manchester United and now they watch them make huge marquee signings and Arsenal is signing the likes of Lucas Perez, who I think is a talented player. I think he's a, a little bit more industry than talent, personally. Mm-hmm. You look at his trajectory, though, from Pauk, uh, where he played alongside Liam Lawrence, funnily enough, um, to then Deportivo, where he's had essentially one good season. Again, Mustafi, who released by Everton, goes to Sampdoria. We all know the trajectory. It's it's not it's not the kind of signing like Pogba, like Zlatan. And I see and totally empathise with those Arsenal fans who don't want that kind of player because it's it's almost obscene in terms of money. It it just doesn't feel like they've maybe had that statement player. I like Xhaka. I don't think he's anywhere near reaching his potential yet. I think that will take time. We will see. And I think 
that's the one thing you can say about Arsenal fans at this point is asking them to be patient seems a tad unfair because they've been very patient in relation to the project in inverted commas. There is no 362 in this hotel. I'm going to stop you just for a second there. Let's do this. See if it works. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Just dialing. Dialing. Oh my God, is it Adam Musa? Suzuko, what? (laughs) Is going on. How's it going? It's the true. Jo- oh, okay. Um, uh, oh shit. Adam, are you okay? You're halfway around the world. It's true. I am in currently in Whistler, Canada. Oh. Beautiful place. Here for uh, a wedding. Currently in the hot tub, actually. Um, Not really it, alone. Make of that what you will. <laughs> make of that what you will. <laughs> uh, what's the news? What's the news? Nothing like being alone Chris. in a hot tub, though, is there, Adam? Oh, it's a beautiful thing. I've got to say, I've turned off the jets for your uh, for your listening pleasure. So if you hear anything, then it's not the jets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now you know. Yeah. Um, Chris, I just tweeted you to, to cheer me up about Moose's is OK. Yeah. I want you to tell me all the positives. Well, you're going to have to listen to the front three uh, later, uh, Adam, because uh, you've already answered Oh, you've already spoken but, about but this. You, you're already but, in. But that's OK. That's all right. How can you cheer him up, Chris? What would you say about Sissoko to cheer Adam up? Uh, he's always in good shape. <laughs> this is good. This is really there's, good. There's not, I tell you what, there's not an ounce of fat on the lad. I'll give him good that. start. He's good always start. in good shape. Um, he looks pretty mean, uh, <laughs> which is quite intimidating. He can run really fast. Yes, and he was good at the Euros. <sighs> you've 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 failed to cheer me up, Chris. I got to say, and you've failed miserably. I, I promise you this. Your PR team will not have to do a jot to get him a move to a, a bigger club. He will do all that work himself. Mm-hmm. He will ring L'Equipe. He will ring France Foot, the 10 Sport, <laughs> and he will tell them everything they need to know about his desires and his dreams. Adam, as, Your as a press as, team will have so little to do, they won't know what to do with themselves. Adam, <laughs> as a fan of Newcastle, uh, as a fan of Newcastle, as a fan of Spurs, it's not that depressing yeah. for you. Um, how do you feel about signing a player who essentially, uh, Kristen's just listed the things he's done, left a private jet yeah. waiting on the uh, on the tarmac. Uh, tarmac turned uh, his phone off, about turned, it, turned his phone off. I mean, Spurs are probably calling <sighs> as well, going, I think the deal's off. I think Everton have taken him. He's like texting them because he's got it on airplane mode. No, he's an iMessage with Daniel Levy. Well, he's I, on WhatsApp. He's blocked, maybe. you know. Reckon, he seems like a good egg. He seems like a good egg. Yeah. I reckon he had Coleman on uh, Snapchat. You know yeah. how you can text them and then the message delete themselves. Oh man, he's one of, he's one <laughs> so of he's like, a bear scare. Yeah, I'm 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 more than happy to come down there. When do you want me down? Yeah, sure. 
and then he just <sighs> you know, you get messages. Yeah. I'm off to Tottenham. I'll talk to you at the weekend. I'm putting the private jet filter on. Um, Adam, over, <laughs> overall, have you have you been keeping up with the window out there in Whistler, Canada? No, I'm pretty out of the loop, to be honest. Uh, but I woke up this morning, Chelsea re-signed, David Luiz, Spurs are signing, Suzuko. It just seems like it's gone mental. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Is the coverage crazy. poor then in Canada? Is the what? Is the coverage poor? The coverage? Yeah. Well, it was good in um, it was good in America, actually. All the games were on. Everyone was very excited. It was just very strange to be waking up at 7am and all the games were over. And it was like, oh, right, okay, that's Drinking. happening. But um, no, I'm not, I'm not over the moon, I've got to say, about Suzuko. It's just... I mean, Chris is saying it there about what sort of character he's always trying to get moved to a big club. I thought, was it like a month ago or something? He was saying Arsenal, the club of his heart, you know, beautiful Arsenal, all this sort of stuff. So Shit. It's, um, it's a strange one. I understand Spurs need an attacking midfielder. Obviously, they're in for Zaha. Um, we've signed Mkudu, who's got pace, but I, I just don't understand Suzoka. I mean, I know we were saying a few weeks ago about how 30 million is sort of the standard price this summer. And I've seen a lot of Spurs fans try to justify it by saying, you know, we sold. Pritchard and uh, Mason for what 20 million combined sort of thing so you know spending an extra 10 on Suzuki yeah. yeah so you know 9 million essentially on Suzuki I've seen people try and justify it that way but at the same time I'd rather see that 30 million spent on someone else but we'll see I'm, 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 <sighs> this has car crash written I'm, all over it really it sort of has but this will blow up in our face written all over it yeah it has Soul Campbell um, 2.0 written all over it it's not it's not cheered me up, I say. It's not helped me you want a bit out of, of the low. stupor of my current hangover. Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, tell us a little bit about your trip. I mean, you got punched by a homeless guy. <laughs> I did get punched by a homeless man. It was it was quite something. So we started out in San Francisco, beautiful city. Um, the country of your city. Shout of your out heart. to yeah, a nice guy called Michael Hanna got in touch didn't get to me up with him, unfortunately but he was sort of offering to show us the site so thanks michael also had a message from someone who offered to get me into alcatraz for free uh from the story of football unfortunately i was leaving at that point but um no san francisco beautiful city unfortunately a lot of homeless people you can't walk more than 30 seconds without seeing a homeless person and uh one day one of them found his way into our hotel did it hurt uh, you? are you furious <laughs> he, he found his way into no, because it was it was just a bizarre situation. So me and my my girlfriend Shona were just sort of sitting there. We were waiting to get a taxi down to. We were going to get a taxi down to Pier. Well, the Fisherman's Wharf because we were going to do the walk to Golden Gate Bridge. And all of a sudden, this guy sort of strolled up and he was like, you "Need to help me? So you need to help me?" I was like, "Right, okay, sure. We need to. We need to. We need to get up, get moving, you know." So anyway, she decided to listen to this guy, <laughs> uh, and she, she tried to give him. She tried to give him a dollar in the end. He said he was sort of just out of prison. You know, he wasn't going to go back. He wasn't going back. He needed some oh money to sort of help him out. So she gave him a dollar. I was like, that'll be the end of that. That'll be the end of that. And he was like, I want twenty. I want twenty. What? I was like, show right. Come on, let's move. We're, we're getting out. We're moving up. So because I sort of, I basically sort of picked her up and sort of moved her along. And as we were sort of walking out the hotel, the guy punched me in the back. <laughs> he gave me a whack on the back. I sort of turned around shock. He sort of spat on the floor. Uh, he started saying bitch. I don't know if he's calling me a bitch or my girlfriend a bitch. But, I think a bit of both, uh, really. I mean, you know. Yeah, probably a bit of both. Um, he must have been huge. Yeah. You are massive. Why would he go and hit you? I suppose Americans are big. Um, I, uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't all there. I tell you much. He wasn't all there. But um, no, yeah, that was that was the end of our trip to San Francisco. That was on the last day, so it was quite a way to, to catch. Oh, I said we did everything. We experienced everything you could. You know, Golden Gate Bridge, getting punched by a homeless guy. It was uh, we ticked all the boxes. I think. Yeah. Um, and then went to Las Vegas. 
went to Las Vegas. That was very good. That was very nice. Your thirtieth. My twenty eighth. Yeah, close enough. I'm close enough to pay. Um, and uh, lost. My God, you look younger than that. Yeah. What? I look younger. Are you serious? Everyone thought I was yeah. thirty. Chris, no, I, I, I had that. you down as like twenty six, twenty seven. Oh, you're, you're too kind, Chris. You're too kind. Everyone thought I was thirty. So yeah, they, that was that. Lost about hundred dollars on the craps table, which was uh, good. Lost about. <laughs> Lost about 50 or something as well, somewhere else. Although, my girlfriend somehow, um, I was like, you know, birthday luck. Uh, you know, on my birthday, I'm going to win tons of cash. Lost 100 straight up. Brilliant. My girlfriend won $300 somehow. Oh, yeah. Luck of the Irish. So, uh, exactly, exactly. So she's she's buying the drinks tonight, I'd say. Um, but no, all good. Went to Vancouver, now in Whistler for a wedding. Um, and then heading down to Peru. Kind listeners offered to, to put me up in Peru. Um so Chris Jones, I might be taking you up on that offer. Um, he said he was going to run it by his wife there. So we'll see if he runs it past his wife and that gets him. It's all going very smoothly. It's a bit weird being out in the football loop and not talking to you guys every week. But um, I'm listening along and enjoying it very much. Then so, you miss you yeah. miss me playing Jenga today on the Football Republic. <laughs> I heard about this. I did hear about this. What was, the, what, what was the deal with that? I just played. Fo- I just played Jenga. Adam. <laughs> I actually do. Um, I just was played. It, was it supposed to represent something? Well, there were there were ninety two bricks, and uh, yeah. they each of them had okay. a, had a team on, and every time that you, right. I'm not joking. I know this sounds like I'm making it up. There are ninety two <laughs> bricks, right? And each of them had a team on, and um, every time that a team did a transfer, I had we had to pull the brick out. And we'd also assign yeah. that brick to a, 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 a one of ninety-two ingredients. <laughs> okay, this sounds ridiculous. On a table. Are you sure you're not making up? Yeah, no. Which was then blended up to, mm. to make a drink. I don't know how this got past to make a drink, which then we had to drink. And not well, the table over. I'm glad the, the the content. I'm just glad the content's getting more. It's getting more highbrow without it's me. Becoming more highbrow. Um, and there were so, 92 yeah. bricks and that's the best idea that came up with <laughs> <laughs> so there are 92 bricks and uh, in the end I didn't knock the tower over once however Joey Page the comedian did end up drinking a mixture of twiglets Joey Page um, wow uh, tw- yeah, he's, I'm from Nevermind the Buzzcocks. I know you. You are as surprised as I was that he was there. Um, he's a lovely guy. Um, it sounds interesting. It I, sounds interesting. It, I mean, I'll give it a watch, lads. You know what? It's definitely different to whatever Ball Street are doing and and all those other guys. So you know, it's It'll be of, different. It's a head turner. I put it that way. Um, it is. In the, it makes you feel physically sick uh, to throw <laughs> up, uh, and he did almost throw up live on live on Facebook. Um, I will. I will leave you to it, guys. Now I'm. I'm going to watch this now in the hot tub. Um, Great. Hopefully, well, what are you I won't doing be now? Are you in the hot tub. Are you completely naked in the hot tub? Are you wearing sort of? Um, I wouldn't say completely naked. No. Um, okay. Wearing some little lab I'm wearing. Down. I'm, wearing... <laughs> I'm chilling here for an hour, and then we're going on a scavenger hunt around Whistler, um, having some drinks. Apparently, all organised by the wedding party, which should be, which should be good. Do you have um, any messages but... for the, the public? Um, to your mum and dad. God bless. Maybe? To your mum and dad. Oh, well, I've spoken Jesus. to them. I have spoken to them, Dave. Um, I'd say God bless. So all the good people. I've had quite a few people just get in touch and offering to show me around the different cities and all wishing me, wishing me a good birthday on Saturday. So thank you very much for your messages. You guys are great. And um, yeah, keep listening until I'm back. Sorry, we forgot about that on Twitter. Sorry about that. <laughs> so um, give me a call after you're finished, Lawrence. But 
after you finish your pod? Or is this the end? Or are you still uh, no, going? We're, we're almost at the end. We've just got to do a few more. And, oh, uh, I'll stick yeah. around. I'll listen. Sure, great. Well, fantastic. You go, you go on because I'm out of the loop. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, are you just, ready? Just, on me, just, to, just to get rid of the fapping noise and it'll be fine. Um, <clears throat> bye. 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 Um, more from Adam in a little while. Um, he's just, he, this is like a live podcast for him now, but you, you guys get it. Um, Dave, obviously. We're so really, excited. Yeah, I know, right? Um, now I, know I think Jan and V has won the award for the most depressing social media post of the transfer window. <laughs> Which was? I called Sunderland, but they're not picking up the phone. Oh, <laughs> oh, my Christ. heart is broken. <laughs> That's not true, though, is it? It's genuinely true. That's fantastic. Go read it again. <laughs> I called Sunderland, but they're not picking up the phone. Why? My heart is broken. <laughs> this is a bizarre transfer window. It's like the re- he's done. They've done the reverse to Zoko there. The club okay. not picking up the phone. So, yeah, the, 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 I love the idea that they're they're in and they've turned all the lights out and they're all just crouching down in the office. Like he won't he won't know. Oh, go on, Dave. I know you're in there. Yeah. Going stranger. So they, Danny Danny Osvaldo, ex Juventus and Southampton was close to signing for Kievo Verona, but has decided to retire and focus on his music career. Brilliant. Oh, God. That really... Oh, good. Come off that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't work out what's more depressing. Sissoko fielding people's calls. <laughs> Having your club field a call about you. Which is terrible. <laughs> My I know you're in there. I can see Jack Rodwell hiding behind the curtain. <laughs> Jack, you're always giving us away. Um... Your positioning is terrible. <laughs> Pretend to be the cleaner or something. <laughs> Pretend to be a mother. What? Nothing. See you in a little while. Um, Funny story about Danny Osvaldo. His portal profile on the website uh, started with a Rolling Stone lyric. Which is? Uh, it was something to do with... <laughs> it should have been Gimme Shelter. Um, <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was it was something about being kind of a wayward soul or something like that. Good, that's excellent. Uh, and there is Danny Osvaldo riding by on his motorbike. Um, He's come to play you with new EP. <laughs> um, West Brom, we've brushed, brushed upon them before. They signed Neon. Uh, Chadley was a pretty interesting signing, as Chris said uh, on Sunday. So probably not much uh, to brush on with them again. Dave, should we go to Manchester? Not literally. Yeah, why? Why the bloody hell not, eh? What well, a city! What a boring. place! Yeah, uh, and the the legitimate Manchester side, of course, Manchester City. Um, they have made some interesting signings in this window, Dave. Uh, obviously, Pep sort of shaping this squad into what he wants it to be, and also loaning out Mangala, getting rid of Dimikalis, released um, Joe Hart, gone, Bonnie, gone, in the likes of John Stones, Claudio Bravo. Oh my uh, God, Gabriel Jesus, Leroy Sana, Dave, Nolito. Of course, he's already made an impact, and Ilkay Gundogan. An exciting shaping of a squad, and of course, we were speaking earlier about the the coaching that comes with Pep. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. There's a lot of young players there: Gabriel Jesus, Sane, um, Edge Stones. You're going to expect some big things in their career, but he's also brought in quality. You know, Claudio Bravo. A fantastic goalkeeper, absolutely awesome for Barcelona. Kept more clean sheets than um, any goalkeeper over the time that he's been at Barcelona in La Liga. So he's got a very good record there, very sound with his feet, a very good shot stopper. 
loves a punch, um, is a very continental goalkeeper in quotation mark. Um, but the interesting thing with City is they've loaned these players. You've mentioned a lot of players that have left there. So you've got John Stone, not John Stone, sorry, Joe Hart is loaned to Torino. <laughs> John, John, in you come. Fuck off. <laughs> John, we're sending you to, re- to Torino with Joe. Yeah, then there's Samir Nazari, Wilfred Boney. These players have all gone on loan. Uh, Mangala, why have they not sold them? There must be still some wage budget there that they're, co- they're paying for. Manibags. Crazy. Um, on the contrast to that, obviously, uh, in shaping <clears throat> the squad for United, Dave... There have been four signings, but four key, critical, big signings. Physically, that side is a new... Literally. Four big deals. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Eric Bailly, Henrik McTyrion, and of course, Stormzy's partner, Paul Pogba! That's how pumped I'm about the signings. I think United have really... You know, they've gone from having no uh, world-class, in quotation mark, players. I don't like that. I'd say they're just a level below. Four world-class pl- uh, full players that have potential to be at that level in Zlatan, Paul Pogba, Mkhitaryan, and Eric Bay. And it's, it's a breath of fresh air to watch Man United this season. No, no longer a boring side to watch. They will create chances. They will counter-attack with pace. And I think it, it's their season this year. I really do. I think that the fitness issue with um, Aguero is going to cost them in the title race once again. And having players like Gundogan, Sane that have come to Manchester City injured at the start of the season. So, yeah, I think it's it's advantage Manchester United at the moment. But the derby is going to be huge. So who are you guys putting as your signing of the window? And have we covered everyone in there? I think I'm pretty sure we've covered quite a lot of them if we haven't. Uh, obviously, the lyric. Oh, good. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, it's from Wild Horses. I have my freedom, but I don't have much time, which is, a, I think, a wonderful way to describe Moose Sissoko's <laughs> uh, I, I, I And also, I don't have WhatsApp anymore. Um, He's now joined Spurs, by the way. You're good. Uh, sorry about that, Adam. Shit-eating grin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Adam, are you still there? Is he still there? I can't... He's still... Oh, yeah, I'm still there. Yeah, the bubbles... <laughs> The bubbles are off. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny because out of nowhere, just, um, I had to cheer myself up because it's okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, sure this like is like a TFR production meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let me just turn the jets down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're, they're making the beans go all weird. Um, anyway, uh, Adam, who's your signing of the window? Oh, signing of the window. Um, Don't make that noise. Who have you guys come for? Uh, I'm. <laughs> I'm going to go, for my, for my own team, I'm going to go uh, Mane. I think he's a fantastic, really? inspired signing. I mean, if that's my own side, at least. Uh, of, of Overall, for the window, I'm going to go with uh, Ibrahimovic. Um, Chris, give Adam a Mrs. bit of time. He's, he's I'm going to go with Mr. He's got potential. He's, he's got potential to be world-class, hasn't he, Chris? He's Has strong, he? you said. He's, <laughs> he's always fit. He looks mean. <laughs> what more could you want from a footballer? What more could you want? Is it official? Is it actually official now? Talent, commitment. I was, I was sort of hoping we run. I was sort of hoping we run out of time. <laughs> no, he's, 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 he's clutching the shirt, and he tweeted <clears throat> seven minutes ago. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. Uh, very happy to join Spurs official for the next five years. Wow! So there you go, Adam. He's five, five long years. years. Five long, long years. Yeah. Um, well, never uh, mind. Eh? Wild horse. <laughs> what about on whatsapp chris uh oh. what about you what about your signing of the window 
uh, for my team, I quite like Isaac Hayden for two and a half million. He's, he looks like a kind of guy who's got potential. And DeAndre uh, Yedlin. Yeah, Yedlin's another decent one. I, I can only see Hayden because I've actually seen him play a few times for sure. the team. And he, he for, like I said, for two and a half million, he already looks a, a decent-ish Premier League midfielder. Drew Geordie was sort of saying to me that Rafa's turned this team around a little bit. The first couple of games, they they looked, they didn't look great, and they, suddenly they look a bit more like a Rafa side. Yeah, he's he's um, he signed pretty much a new team actually. If I, if I go through and count them all, I think well, someone said think in six weeks he's done what, what they couldn't do in six years. Basically, yeah, he's, he's built a squad. I mean, um, Ted Nutson, the the analytics chap okay not, uh, not the guy from the the really wild show no no um that's terry nuttall isn't it <laughs> i wish it was <laughs> oh you can tell it's the end of the transfer we'll, we'll tweet that out we'll, um, tweet, we'll tweet a link out to, 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 to <clears throat> go on chris <laughs> deep in the undergrowth <laughs> Moose is just under. yes <laughs> oh. Bloody Terry, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, he, he has. He's, he's built a, a squad, uh, and, and Ted was saying that he likes the idea of, of Gale. I think Hayden and, and Yedlin, but the others, the, the the Hanley Clark, that's a little bit more kind of blur. And I can kind of agree with that. You know, those players haven't really shown that they're Premier League quality. Um, the fact that Hanley and Clark were both relegated at different times is a little bit concerning. But I think you know what you have to you have to trust in, in what he wants to do. I, I don't think either are first choice options. Um, I think he's trying to give some depth and make it so they're never scrabbling to to fill holes, which is is admirable. As I said, it's, it's something that um, yeah, that's also absolutely uh, the Benitez approach. Uh, two players for every position is is is, is preferred. Uh, orientation apparently uh, leaving it a 22 man squad some people say that's a little light we'll see uh, Dave you're signing in the window and then I've got a key question for you guys and it is a good question well I think it's got to be Marvin Jimenez's move to uh, Blackburn Rovers on loan from Swansea until January of course Dave we yeah. feel like he's going to um, take the championship by storm uh, very explosive player, very good at that mm-hmm. level. So, yeah, Marvin Emenez is yes. definitely the signing of the window for me, Lawrence. Good one, Dave. Jack Wiltshire, of course, going to Bournemouth. That's pretty... I love how we can also hear Adam in the in the water in the background. Uh, Just splashing him out. So. Yeah, yeah like, like you've got your little rubber ducky out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Give us uh, a <laughs> surely, the, surely the best signing is, you know, we're talking about how players are going for 30 million that's the sort of the standard yeah yeah the standard price tag obviously we've seen a lot of overpriced players and players who maybe yeah, maybe they're not worth that but surely the the best ones are people who are young who've got potential signs that sort of thing we're looking at sanchez eric bay like dave says uh kante is a very good deal as well kante. Chris, sort of Chris, who, is, who are you saying for everton was a reasonable signing adrissi gay adrissi gay yeah stats wise so chris you were saying yes yeah, what were you saying someone about who's stats wise uh, already he's, um, he's, tr- he's trumping albeit in a very small sample size uh, N'Golo Kante who was the only player with more interceptions than him last season in the Premier League but if you look at um, his numbers kind of like tackles he's beating Kante there's a, there's a good variety of different avenues he's better than Kante at this precise moment so if I was in a, a competition being broadcast on YouTube and I was asked to pick my 
best player of the, the side, I would pick him and I think I would get a point for it, I think. That's a big trail, mm. yeah. Well, you can I only you can but hope. Uh, yeah, because Dave's just uh, messaged your opponent. Anyway, um, <laughs> guys, there is a big, big question that came forward in on Twitter. Forward passes. Our forward passes. There, there was a big, big, big question put on Twitter to us from uh, Anatole Pang. I think that's How big? name. Well, you can assess that now, Dave. Is possession pressing counter the new rock, paper, scissors? If so, which beats which? Holy smokes, Batman. So whoever came up with that deserves a box of Ferrero Rocher for a start. Secondly, do you guys get what he's trying to say? Chris? Yeah, I thought that was a very good question. I think... Yes, to a degree, because often one will counteract the other, and it's about who can implement theirs better. Um, so I don't know if it's a necessary, necessarily a guarantee of success, one beating the other, but usually you will find that one follows the other, or one counteracts the other. Yeah, which is quite nice, isn't it? There's a rock, I put defence, paper, I put the press, and uh, scissors, I put counter, <clears throat> because it's sort of a nice counter. Nigel de Jong, surely, so in a way uh, Adam do, are you still there do you see this I think it's a great question it's one of the best questions we've had in a I'm while I'm still here uh, possession, I wasn't listening what was the question possession brilliant possession pressing counter is it the new rock yeah. paper scissors uh, which bits which bits which beats which do you know what I mean so Dave I'm, I'm sure you're drawing some sort of chart out you know if it's possession does that beat counter and then counter... Surely pressing in and of itself isn't a style Well, I suppose you could say clock, clock to... is pressing. It's a pressing style, isn't it? I'd say possession beats pressing. Okay. Pressing, pressing beats... beats counter. Counter. And possession is beaten by counter. So you want to say that again? So possession is beaten by counter. More often than not. Counter is beaten by pressing. And then pressing is beaten by possession. So of those but, three, which would you like to do? Let's like say, you know, whenever you start rock, paper, scissors, you know, I tend to go with one. Which one would you push towards? I, I know that you, you, you hammered me on Twitter already for this, Lawrence, but the, the, the t- where you want to be in, in modern day football and where you want to be in football right now... That wasn't me, that was the three count. You want to be fluid enough to play every all three of those systems in terms of the different situation that um, is applicable to winning that game of football. And I think uh, football in terms of positions on the pitch has gone more fluid. Tactics is going more fluid where you need to be tactical, flexible. You can play a back three, you can play a back four, you can play with possession, you can play um, a pressing system, playing direct, you can play without the ball, sit deep in it on the break. So where the Germans are going in terms of their teams, a lot of teams do that, Wolfsburg, uh, Gladbach, uh, Dortmund uh, that can do it all that can counter that can press and that can help possession of the ball and that's where modern football is going into that super flexible um, way of, of style of football where there will be specialists you will have the Barcelonas you will have the Leicester Cities but to be the best you've got to do it all Sir Alex Ferguson's Manchester United is the best way to look at a side that has done it all and has done it very successfully um, but there'll be more managers like that and it'll, that's where the, the game is going to go in terms of fluidity and playing chess and saying okay in the first five minutes we may hold the ball and then we're going to go direct or the first five minutes we're going to sit back then we're going to press and then we're going to go and hold the ball 
It's going to be like that. It's going to be a you know football may split into a game of phases where you have to you know hold the ball for a bit to regain some um, energy, then you press again, and then you know when you've pressed and you're tired again, then you drop into a shape to counter attack. So I think that's where it's going. That this triangle is going to be intertwined, and this triangle there is ways of countering each part of the triangle, but you need to play the right one at the right time, or you need to get the advantage. You need to use the advantage of playing. You need one to see. You need to think about when your opponent's going to play scissors and play the rock. Exactly. Exactly. And that, I think that's how, that's, in many ways, that's the answer for all of us, really, isn't it? In life. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on Tier 3 to review the uh, transfer window. It's been fantastic to have you, Dave. Thank you. Fantastic to have you too, Chris. Cheers. Good. I'm glad that you're watching out the out of a live stream somewhere else. And um, I'm not watching Moose as a sore, but I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, Adam, have a great rest of your trip. Merci beaucoup. Going to give you the out on this one. Uh, you can say whatever you want. Uh, Godspeed and God bless. God, we really miss you. But bye. Balotelli's time in England is over. Dave. Um, he's gone on a free to Nice with uh, Jamie Carragher, as Kristen told me just a minute ago, tweeting that free wasn't low enough. Um, it all just fit. That feels like a, a sort of cheap parting shot to a guy who maybe never was meant to fit in at Liverpool. A guy that's never meant to fit in anywhere so far, but right, if there's mate. places where you can fit in um, as a maverick, as someone that needs to restart their career, it's definitely Nice. Look at what happened to Hatim Ben Arfa last season. Went from um, Hull City in a, in a failed spell at Newcastle to playing some of the best football of his career, scoring 17 uh, Liga goals, including some absolutely fantastic individual efforts from range, dribbling past opponents and so forth. So this could be the perfect place for Balotelli to rediscover who he is as a person and rediscover who he is as a footballer. Nice, obviously, with a brand new stadium. But more importantly, Lucien Favre. Lucien Favre is one of my favourite managers in world football. An incredible job at Borussia Mönchengladbach. Came in when they were 17th in the relegation zone. Um, that season got them easily out of the relegation zone. And then over, slowly over maybe five, four, four, four to five years, went from that to Champions League. An incredible manager, incredible style of football, very aggressive in the press, um, very good in the counter-attack. And could be a good thing for Mario Balotelli to real knuckle, really knuckle down and, and focus on what he wants to do. I was looking, because Lucien Favre is one of my favourite managers, I was looking for, for something to, a comparison of a player to, to match with Balotelli. You know, someone that he's worked with that's a bit, you know, a bit iffy, that's been potentially in the, with the wrong people, potentially made a few terrible decisions in his career. And, and the player's actually come out, which is quite interesting. Max Cruz, Cruiser, sorry, the, um, he, he had a Gladbach that was probably one of the best um, strikers in the Bundesliga when, he, when uh, Flav was there. So, it could work out the same way. Cruiser um, has, has got a bit of a gambling problem. He does um, play poker. Uh, he lost £60,000 this year in a taxi. Um, got disciplined by Wolfsburg and then eventually got sold off to Werder Bremen. But oh, under, yeah. under Favre was a fantastic player. Really gave it his all for the team. Um, was the focal point of that side as well with Raphael. They had a wonderful relationship. They both sort of came to the ball. Both played as, uh, in quotation mark, false nine roles with the the wide players going in, Andre Hahn or, you know, whoever it's going to be out there. So it, it, this could be a good move for Balotelli. I think it's the perfect man for him, the perfect town for him. But this is his last chance in Europe and he needs to take it. Mm. Oh, yeah. And- 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Polo Torre has uh, gone to Celtic. See you again soon on TF3. Yeah.